Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. What's up everyone, Mike Morrison here with episode 123 of the Membership Guys podcast. Today, I'm very honoured to have a very special guest on the show, none other than Mike Stelsner from Social Media Examiner. He's joining me on the show to talk all about social media marketing and what's currently going on in that space. Because social media marketing is one of those areas that seems to constantly be in flux and it's changed dramatically over the past few years. From the live video explosion through to the huge drop-off in organic reach that everyone seems to be experiencing with their Facebook pages. There's always seemingly a new platform launching and then disappearing just as quick. It's little wonder that the average busy membership site owner struggles to keep up with what's working and what's not working when it comes to using social media for marketing their business. Fortunately, my guest today, Mike Stelzner, is a man with his finger firmly on the pulse of the social media marketing industry. He's the founder of Social Media Examiner, the biggest and one of the longest running, if not the longest running most likely website all about social media marketing and he is the man behind the largest conference in this whole industry social media marketing world which takes place every year in san diego he's the first port of call for experts and influencers worldwide when it comes to what's working right now in social media so in today's episode I've had the chance to talk to Mike not just about social media and the current state of what's going on in that space, but also about how he's using social media as well as content marketing to not only promote his conference, but also to promote his own membership website, the Social Media Marketing Society. This was a very interesting and insightful conversation. You're going to want to grab a drink and put some time aside to listen in carefully to this one. I'm going to jump in right now to my conversation with Mike Stelzner. My guest today is the founder of Social Media Examiner and the man behind Social Media Marketing World, the industry's largest conference. He's also host of the Social Media Marketing Podcast, founder of the Social Media Marketing Society and host of the weekly Social Media Marketing Talk Show. And with so much going on, I'm very, very grateful to be able to welcome to my show today, Mr. Mike Stelzner. Well, thank you, Mr. Morrison. It's super nice to join you and uh, I'm very honored to be here. We're very honored to have you. I know this is obviously a busy time of the year, and I'm getting an inside glimpse of all of this ramp up towards social media marketing world, following along with uh, your journey on your brand new show, which hopefully we'll touch on a little bit later on. But before that, I I wanted to kind of take your temperature. I know you usually open social media marketing world, which for anyone who hasn't heard of that event, first of all, welcome from under the rock you've just crawled out of. Uh, but I know you opened that with your keynote, looking at the state of social media marketing. Right. I want to kind of, I don't know if you can give a little bit of a preview of where you see things going by the time you stand up there and deliver that keynote in San Diego in February. But what is the status of social media as a marketing channel? Is it all pay to play? Or is there still some mileage in organic, non-paid marketing activity through social media? Uh, well, first of all, it is a bit of a scary time for anybody who has a Facebook page. Uh, just last week, Facebook was running experiments in a couple different countries 
where they took all Facebook page content and moved it into the explore category, which a lot of people don't even know exists. Ouch. And people that had pages saw 60 to 80% drop in their uh, engagement, reach, traffic, all that fun stuff. And it freaked everybody out. Facebook came out with an official thing saying, hey, it was just a test, da 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 <laughs> but, but I read the tea leaves and um, I believe that we could be getting to a day and an age where pages – uh, content will not be visible anymore in the newsfeed. And that does mean we will need to try something else. And um, I'm monitoring it very closely. I think the reason they ran these experiments in these countries was they figured it was kind of a low opportunity without creating a lot of hubbub, but it still did. And um, But on the flip side of this, I think there is a certain kind of content particularly that we're seeing across all social channels now, that is a new type of content that is gathering a lot of steam. And anyone who wants to get exposure with it ought to figure out how to do it. And it is video of any kind. Mm. Um, We are beginning, as you mentioned, we launched an episodic uh, documentary show, which is starting to get a lot of steam. Facebook Watch just came out recently in the last couple of months, which is their kind of answer to television. Um, You're beginning to see all the major social networks, including LinkedIn, doing native video. And there's rumor that very soon there will be live video coming to LinkedIn. So we're beginning to see what Mark Zuckerberg said years ago coming true, that the future will be very much almost all about video. So if you can figure out a way to create video content that people want to consume across whatever social platform you're on, that could be your ticket to success because it seems that this type of content right now is being rewarded by user activity. And let's remember that in the end, there's algorithms, which are computer technology monitoring everything. And right now, people enjoy watching video on social media. And it seems that smart marketers are heading in that direction, Mike. Now, on that front, and I'm I'm a big big fan of live video, and uh, you know certainly the 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 increased attention that Facebook and, and other channels now are putting on it is great to see. But are you are you concerned as someone who watches this industry very closely that on Facebook this is just another bait and switch, kind of like they they seem to do with pages, they're seeming like they're gearing up for with groups. Are we going to be having this conversation in four or five years' time talking about, okay, well, what's the state of video now that Facebook won't let you stream without paying? Do you think there's something here's coming? Why, here's why I think this is going to work. Let's re- let's think about this. There's there's three different types of content. There's the written word, right, which is typically a blog post. And we know that Facebook doesn't want people to leave Facebook, right? Mm. So. They're incentivizing publishers to publish their content on Facebook, right? So that's content typically that you have to leave Facebook to consume. There's audio content, right, which is podcasts, what we're doing right now. And right now, Facebook doesn't have a major play inside of that space. And then there's video content, which is consumable content within the platform. It's the one type of content that it seems as if the creators and the social networks are in agreement that it's okay for us to create content that lives within the platform. So remember, Facebook is like the Hotel California. You can come <laughs> in, but you can never leave. And as long as that video lives on Facebook, and as long as there's enough people that are opening up the opportunities between Facebook and the creators to monetize that video, which could mean revenue share deals on advertising, subscription models, all that kind of stuff. As long as that exists, which it is all coming, I think video will actually be a pretty solid place that creators, in particular video creators, 
um, will be happily coexisting with Facebook because right now it's really all about YouTube when it comes to video creation. And mm -hmm. Facebook is kind of in a land rush to compete against YouTube and become a really viable alternative to YouTube. Yeah, and that, that kind of makes sense, actually, in what you're saying about Facebook wanting you to create your content in their platform, because they seem to be trying to get people to use, was it Facebook Notes for their written right. word content? And that didn't quite take yeah, off and in that way. Instant Articles also is yeah. the other one. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that M word there, monetization, and that's mm -hmm. obviously something a lot of our audience are very interested in. Now more than ever, should people who have perhaps put in a lot of time and effort over the past few years to build up a large following on their Facebook page, on their group, should they be trying to think smarter about monetizing their following? And do they need to adjust their approach to do that? Well, let's explore this a little bit. When you think of YouTube and you think of monetization, it's a revenue share deal, right? So you see those little ads that you can skip after a few seconds. You know what I'm talking about, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Those ads, if you watch those ads, that revenue is shared with the creator of the video, okay? And um, some of those ads are non-skippable ads, so sometimes you'll see a 30-second ad that you're not able to skip. All that stuff is brokered behind the scenes with YouTube, and it is a revenue share model with the creators of the content. Facebook is beginning to enter into this space. So um, we'll first see it in the Facebook watch platform. We'll begin to see inserted advertisements, which will do, be revenue shares with the creators of that content. Um, we'll begin to see it on live video uh, where there will be a commercial break where you could literally push a button and then a 15-second um, video ad will be inserted and then um, that rev share will happen between the live video producer and Facebook. So Facebook will be rolling out in 2018 uh, more revenue sharing monetization models between the creator and Facebook themselves. Now, that's going to be a good opportunity for those that have really big followings and are doing video. Um we're even hearing – I'm even hearing from people that do a lot of these 60-second videos hmm. – uh, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen these videos. A lot of times they're in the cooking space where they'll show how to make a recipe really quick. Yeah. Um, and uh, even some of those videos are going to begin to offer advertising very short, like a couple seconds of advertising that can be injected into the middle of these videos as they get shared and as they go viral. So there will be a lot of revenue share opportunity on that front. Now, on the other side of it, Mike, there there is the kind of unspoken you know, behind the scenes backroom deals that a lot of people do, right? Where they um, either become a paid influencer for a brand and like a software company. And then every time they go live and talk about it or every time they post about it, they're getting monetized or paid or it's part of a broker deal. Mm -hmm. So in this case, Facebook is asking you to disclose it and they have a, um, a brand um, link that you can insert in there on a page and also on a verified personal profile. And we're going to see more and more of these things and the word paid inserts in there. So you'll see it like right next to the timestamp, it'll say paid. It's actually not an advertisement that is being monetized by Facebook. It's just a broker deal between like Facebook page X and brand Y. Yeah. So those disclosures need to happen. Um, there's other backroom deals where people do, you know, like, Hey, I'll share, um, your content on my page for this much money. We're seeing this on Instagram, for example. It's a very common, like, little black, black market, if you will, where people, you know, will share your stuff uh, for a certain amount of money. So th there's so many different ways that people are choosing to monetize 
Um, there's affiliate links, all that kind of stuff. So that stuff's all happening right now. And it's going to be interesting to see that progress because there's got to be a fine line between the desire of creators to monetize and pushback for that going a little bit too far in the wrong direction, especially, you know, the the nature of ads being being positioned. Yeah, if a competitor potentially can can drop their ad in the middle of your video, I'm sure that may ruffle a few feathers. Well, and, and where I understand this is going to go is you can exclude certain kinds of ads or certain mm. kinds of companies from advertising into your video in the same way you can on YouTube. The key word here is, is uh, disclosure. You know, so if you are doing a deal with someone else, you just need to disclose that this is a, you know, paid influencer kind of relationship that complies with American FCC rules. Um, but we're seeing a lot of people making a lot of money because they have a big audience and the right audience and they're just brokering many different kinds of deals, some with the social platform of choice, others with, you know, um, partners. And sometimes there's no money exchange. Sometimes there's just, Hey, uh, share two of my things and I'll share two of your things and we'll all help kind of, you know, all the water rise, if you will. Yeah. I particularly personally would love to see, um, something like the, the Patreon kind of model for right. video creators, that sort of thing, I think would really push things over the edge. Um, and we've been hearing rumors for a long time that there was going to be some potential for monetizing groups. Uh, this is kind of swirling around. We we have, a obviously, a lot of our audience are building communities, so we try and stay as tuned into what's going on in the industry around groups, but we've heard some rumors about potentially e-learning features coming into groups and maybe there's some form of uh, monetization on that front. Well, first of all, there is a donate button that you can put into a, a live video. And I've hypothesized that today it's donate tomorrow. It could be, you know, donate to a cause, but tomorrow it could be like, like YouTube super chat, you know, where yeah. you just maybe buy your comment up to the top to have it stick up there. I'm sure these things are coming. Mm -hmm. The key thing with, with Facebook is I've got to bring the creative community over and then they'll start bringing some of these other monetization models on the group side of things. Mark Zuckerberg did say that meaningful groups is going to be a big focus for the next year into 2018. So we're going to, we're beginning to see a lot of cool functions rolling out into groups. As a matter of fact, in the last few days, they started rolling out some cool features into groups that I still haven't wrapped my brain around. Um, and I do think we're going to eventually see advertising into groups. Yeah. The real question is going to be whether or not that is going to be a shared revenue model or whether or not it's just going to be the cost of doing business on Facebook, you know, where like yeah. if you want is our groups for free, you're going to have to be okay with ads being inside of them because that's what LinkedIn does right now, right? They don't share they don't share any of their revenue. They, they advertise right into your group on the sidebar on LinkedIn, but they don't share any of that revenue with you. Yeah, and that, uh, honestly, that is perhaps one of the biggest reasons we give when, when people seek recommendations for where to hold a paid community or the community to a paid membership or a paid course. It's one of the biggest reasons we give against Facebook, the fact that they have already been testing ads in groups. But if they're perhaps coming at this with a different angle where there's potentially revenue share there, particularly if they give you the ability to exclude competitors. I think that tends to be, certainly from our own audience, the main thing they're worried about, that they'll have competitors selling their I courses. I would say that there won't be rev share because they don't rev share on the page, right? True, if you think true. about it, right? You, you've built this audience on your Facebook page. They show other people's ads right up against your page and you have no control over that. Mm. So I think, the, I think that Facebook will continue to provide the best features for groups and the cost of having a group is the fact that there's going to be ads in there and you won't be able to do anything about it. 
Yeah. That's my, that's my personal assessment because they do not rev share on pages, you know, and other things inside of Facebook. Um, with creators, it's different because you're creating original content that you could choose to publish anywhere. But with groups, I'm not so sure that the, that'll happen. Yeah, that sounds a little bit more like Facebook, to be honest. <laughs> um, so we mentioned, obviously, we're talking a lot about Facebook here. I think that's is pretty much the biggest game in town still in right. terms of general social media. Now, with all these developments coming and obviously LinkedIn, we talked about developing native video. I'm seeing personally a lot more plain text conversations going on over in LinkedIn. I don't know if that's just within my networks. I'm certainly seeing more just discussions happening over there than I typically see in my newsfeed on Facebook. And, you know, obviously YouTube, they're going to be trying to change things up. Should people be looking to get a spread in terms of their presence and their activity across all of these channels so yeah. that, you know, they, they yes. 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Do not put all your eggs in one basket. Um, I think it's really important to look at what has historically happened on these social networks and where and how people are following the leader. So right now, uh, you know, Facebook was really the first to come out with an algorithm and then to, to kind of scale back what you see. But now every social network has an algorithm. OK. Um, and I think that it's really wise because any one of these social networks could change the rules and everything could you could be in a real world of hurt if you don't have a decent audience built on some of these other platforms. Mm. So my word of advice to anyone who has a monster audience just on one platform and not on another is you better figure out a way to diversify your audience and grow at least two or three substantial platforms. In our case, Social Media Examiner has over half a million on Twitter, a half a million on Facebook. And then it goes down quite a bit. We've got about 50,000 on LinkedIn, about 50,000 on Instagram, and maybe about 50,000 on Pinterest, and then maybe about 14,000 on YouTube. So, you know, I think that, you know, what we're trying to do is grow our Instagram account in particular right now, knowing full well that Instagram is owned by Facebook. <laughs> uh, but we're also trying to grow our YouTube account because we want to be able to, we want to be able to have that as an option to us as well. So I think diversification is key. I would never give up on your quote unquote platform that you have the largest audience, but instead I would track and monitor, like, are you still reaching people? Yeah. Is it going down? If it's going down, then it's not worth it to keep growing that audience anymore. You know, and, and maybe it's worth it to just let that audience grow on its own and just do a little bit to maintain things and instead start looking at some of these other platforms and maybe even consider uh, creating content that's independent of the social networks. This is where podcasts and blogging comes in really, really strong, Mike, because a blog is pretty independent of the social platforms. It might be dependent on Google search, but for the most part, if you capture an email and you can email with your audience and get your content communicated via email or RSS, then you should be pretty in an okay position for a while. Like our largest audience is really our email list. We have 600 and 50,000 people on our email newsletter list. And wow. we know that if something goes wrong, we can just send an email and say, Hey, follow us over on this new social network, you know? Yeah. But if you don't have a, if you don't have an email list, you don't have any way of conveying any of these types of things. Yeah. And I think it was certainly, we see that ourselves in, in, in people focusing so much more about building Facebook's audience or Twitter's audience and not their own mailing right. list, their own database and you know the the sacrificing of any level of control over your ability to reach those guys 
is a little crazy, especially within our own community where that online audience, the business is entirely online. You need to, at some point, bring that following into your camp and, you know, work with them there. Otherwise, you're always going to be at the whims of Facebook. And I think I very early on with Facebook, I'm sure you'll remember back when they used to allow you to essentially have like apps on your page. So you could have those little graphical widgets. And I, one of the very first kind of uh, little side ventures I had online was um, one of those really cheesy (laughs) kind of apps around, you know, which 80s um, movie icon are you? And then when you got Mr. T, that picture was plastered on your, your Facebook page, like for eternity. And I had a whole bunch of these and you can monetize them. And then pretty much overnight, Facebook were just like, yeah, we don't want to be MySpace anymore. Shut that (laughs) down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, everything's always changing. And by the way, another another area of exciting future is really with the whole messenger and bots. Mm-hmm. So this is an area that I think people ought to be paying attention to. Um, bots are simply technology that can automatically respond to people without human intervention. And when those bots work via messaging platforms like Facebook Messenger, um, WhatsApp, and others, that's like kind of an exciting future that a lot of marketers are paying attention to because it's the closest thing to email. It's almost like sending a text message to someone, you know, most people on messenger have their notifications on and they get those messages almost immediately. So that's another area where you might want to experiment. And the good news about Facebook is when they are trying to grow a platform, they tend to kind of unrestrict it in the beginning. Mm. You know, they tend to kind of let the rules kind of go to the side and let it be a little wild west and allow people to just go kind of hog wild with the thing. And then once things get out of control, they bring the sheriff into town. Yeah. 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 With um, bots in particular, it's a, it's an area I try to keep myself away from a little bit because as a, a, a geeky techie guy, that's a big rabbit hole you can potentially fall down. And it was actually, it was Luria uh, Petrucci who broke me on that and actually um, showed me just what you can do um, through, through bots. It's, it's incredible. And right now we are, we've been experimenting in our own membership over the past couple of months of using them for engaging our existing members to keep them in the loop about what's going on. So we want to play about with it on the acquisition and the lead generation side, but we're kind of looking further on that user journey and the response has been incredible. You know, we're getting people who otherwise would just be kind of slipping away or maybe forgetting to log in to our membership and consume our content, their engagement is just shooting up through the roof because we're able to engage with them through Messenger. It's It's been crazy. That's very cool. It's very cool. I just want to switch gears a little bit now. Obviously, we talked a bit about creating content and we've touched on monetization. Now, I found the survey that you conducted a few months back on, on Social Media Examiner where you surveyed, it was about 4,500 content creators about monetization. And 62% of them stated that they weren't satisfied with the revenue they were generating from content. Where do you think people go wrong on that front? Well, first of all, it's, it, it is fascinating. Um, uh, we did, just to give you a little context, we surveyed bloggers, video creators, and podcasters, and we just asked them just bazillions of questions. And 
Um, first of all, I don't think that people are ever satisfied with how much money they make. True, <laughs> true. <laughs> but um, but it's really – it's quite interesting because there's so many different ways that people are making money. Um, but I think the reason why a lot of people aren't satisfied is because, I, if I'm not mistaken, advertising was the number one way mm. that most creators were making money, um, followed by consulting and then selling their own products. And I think the amount of money that's coming in from advertising has been kind of decreasing. And a lot of this has to do with um, so a little bit of a technical discussion, and I'll, but I'll simplify it. But simply said, uh, there is a lot of automation going on on bidding on advertising on what's called like excess inventory. Mm -hmm. And as a result, the, um, the amount of money that advertisers are willing to pay has continued to drop and drop and drop. And what this means for creators is that they're actually getting paid less to do the same amount of work that they've always done through advertising. And a lot of them are not happy with that. They're very disappointed. And as a result, they're seeking alternative ways to make money. And this is where membership you know, uh, comes in handy. This is where consulting services, this is where private labeling products, any of those kinds of things are of great interest to lots of creators because they're beginning to realize that the downward trend on, on the amount they're getting paid for quote unquote advertising is, mm. is pretty substantial and, you know, they want more. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, I guess this comes, comes down to, um, control. Again, control of the platform, control of the the source of the revenue, having your own products versus right. relying on advertising networks. Exactly. Sure. So, and and most people are pretty much just you know turning on some sort of thing like and just letting the money roll in and just assuming that it's always going to be better than it was the prior month, but yeah. in reality, it's not. Yeah, I re still remember the uh, the glory days of. Um, Google AdSense, where mm. you could work the system so that you essentially paid less to drive traffic to the ads that Google would then also pay you for clicks on. And, and you had the whole arbitrage thing going on. And I think that was about six months until Google figured out that that wasn't quite working. And a lot of a lot of people's whole revenue model and their dreams of kicking back in a beach somewhere, sipping cocktails kind of disappeared out of the window when Google changed those rules. Yep. That's um, a pipe dream, folks. Yes, yes. <laughs> it, uh, we're allowed to sip drink, sip drinks on a beach, but it's going to be just for a couple of days because we're on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So obviously, I, I think one of the, the the best things with what you guys do over there at Social Media Examiner is not only are you kind of on the front line reporting on this stuff, you are a living, breathing case study of the very stuff you're talking about. It's kind of like with us, membership about memberships, you serve that dual purpose. So when we're talking about marketing products and monetizing through content, through social, how's your own strategy changed over the past year when it comes to using content marketing, using social media to promote both social media marketing world and social media marketing society, which is, of course, your membership site? Well, it's changed a lot. First of all, we published a lot less content on our social platforms. Mm. We made the decision to not post to any content that is not our own content. So in the olden days, we used to post to lots of other people's content. And we began to see that those articles would do really well and ours would suck. So we just <laughs> said, 
you know, we're not going to do that anymore. So we're only going to post to our own stuff with the rare exception of breaking news. You know, we're publishing to a news site like TechCrunch or something. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we decreased our frequency of posting quite substantially to just a couple of posts a day. Uh, across all the social platforms where we used to do enormous frequency, we're, we're, we're now publishing less. We also increased the output of our original content um, from the, uh, the show side of things. So we used to just have one show, which was my podcast called The Social Media Marketing Talk Show. And now we have three weekly shows. We have a... Um, we have a live show that we do every week, which we repurpose into a podcast, and it's called the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. And in that show, we talk about literally the breaking news that happened in the last seven days. So it's a true news show. And we we multi-purpose that. So it's a live show on Facebook, Twitter, um, uh, and Periscope, and Crowdcast. And then we make it into a podcast, and we put it on iTunes and Google and Stitcher. So it's all over the place. Yeah. That. That full distribution model is really something that only happened in the last couple of months. Um, our third show, which is brand new as of this recording, it's only about three weeks old, is our, also, our episodic documentary. So we got inspired with the Facebook Watch platform looking at this episodic content, right, which is like a you know ongoing weekly kind of show where there's a to be continued. Mm-hmm. And we decided to do what we call short form episodic content. So. Um, we have a guy in the office here that's filming us constantly and creating um, an ongoing show about us and about what we're doing and about our mission and stuff. And it, it, people love it, man. I got to tell you, people love the content, these shows that we produce, which are all some sort of video show, right? One's a live video show. Well, actually, one's a podcast, one's a live video show, and one's an actual video show. People go gangbusters over this stuff. Like, if we stopped this, people would freak out. (laughs) And that's what we want, right? Because they share this stuff. They talk about us all the time. They tell us they love what we're doing. And that has been a very powerful marketing vehicle for us, Mike, because you know that people buy from those whom they know they like and they trust. And if they love you, then they're really going to tell everybody else about you. And we don't need them those people that love us to become customers, as long as they let others know about this content we're creating, they'll bring that new audience to us and a portion of that new audience will become customers. And it's kind of a beautiful thing, really. Absolutely. And honestly, I I am loving the new show, by the way. It It was something that I think I'd seen you mention that it was coming or drop some hints that it was coming. And so when it hit that first episode, it was a curiosity. Oh, let's see what these guys are doing. And I was like drawn right in. It's quite clear that about from about 10 to 15 seconds in that you're, you're really going out there in terms of transparency. This isn't, it's not a fluff piece. It's not necessarily dressing up the, the, the next few months towards the launch of the event. This is actually a real documentary. And but I've got to say you kind of you killed me a little bit with the cliffhanger on episode two. <laughs> did you watch episode three yet? I did. I did. I was waiting for the the reveal of the biggest thing to hit the industry of all time. And you kept the cards close to the chest in episode three. So well, uh, <laughs> this way. if you've ever watched a good TV show, they kind of make you guess a little bit yeah. and keep and and maybe it'll reveal itself in some future episodes, Mike. Who knows? <laughs> hey, if we get to a point where we're getting callbacks to past episodes, that's good. Yeah, that's going to be cool. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we we try to um, we try. This is something we started only recently doing is to try to leave on end on a cliffhanger at mm-hmm. every episode if we possibly can. Um, we ended episode three with just a quick little 
here I am with Gary Vaynerchuk and then boop, we ended yeah. the episode. And uh, in episode two, we ended with like, this is perhaps the biggest thing that anybody could ever know. And then boop, we ended it. <laughs> and um, a lot of people are like wondering what in the world it is. And um, we didn't fully reveal what it is. We just revealed some of the reactions of some of the people. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, right now I will tell you in full disclosure that that big idea is still in development, which is part of the reason why we haven't really been able to reveal very much about it. But, um, and it may or may not show its head. We'll see, you know, and that's the fun of creating a story, which has multiple storylines going on at once. It's like, when do you inject certain parts of this and how much do you keep people hanging and are they willing to stay on to find out what this thing could be? It's just been a blast for me to do it. I was going to say, are you enjoying the process that having someone follow I, around and film you? I love it, man. And by the way, let me just say journey.show will get you over to our YouTube channel. Um, what a great domain, huh? Journey.show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the Facebook is where most of people are watching it. Cause that's where we have our huge half a million audience. So we're getting like, uh, about almost about 17 to 20,000 watches per episode on Facebook and much wow. smaller on YouTube. But, um, but I, I love it for so many reasons. First of all, I've never had so many positive public and private content, uh, comments from people that are friends and even people that are like hardcore YouTubers are like, blown away at what we're creating. And, um, and I love it. It's, it's time consuming. Yeah. It's super time consuming to, to produce an episode that's five to seven minutes. I'm spending a good six hours a week sitting in the editing room with our guy and just literally trying to make it tighter, you know, and try to cut out stuff and find the sound bites. And there's hours and hours and hours of footage that we have to go through to kind of bring it all together, you know, and we don't really know what the story is going to be, for example, for this week, you know, we, it's just gonna, it's whatever happens in the office. And, and sometimes we have to, we have to say, okay, we have to film a little bit to come back to this thing that we started over here, you know, and it's, yeah. we're just kind of going and we're shipping it, man. And so far, everybody loves it. It's been great. I, I loved in the third episode that you <laughs> you included the two or three um, attempted takes at walking through a door <laughs> into, into the yeah, landing that, area with the guy outside the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, we're on the second floor of a building and uh, there was a guy um, cleaning the windows and it kind of freaked out my cameraman. And <laughs> oh, I love that. And, and I think as well, it, it works like gangbusters for i think just raising that interest level in in the event because obviously it's the journey towards next year's yeah. social media marketing world but i saw you stand there with gary vaynerchuk my first thing was oh is this social media marketing world related is this something else and so it, it I, I end that episode with the dramatic music which you've nailed for the the cliffhanger and <laughs> you know it leaves me wondering i'm going away thinking huh and I go and, and say to Kali, have you watched uh, Have you watched the latest Mike Stelson <laughs> has just put out? Gary V at the end of that, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? And, you know, you're not going to get that from a link to a blog post. Yeah, and it's, uh, we purposely make it funny and dramatic. And um, we always make sure there's lots of things that people learn by watching it too, you know, because we, we do film really like all the struggles that we're going through and yeah. how we're trying to solve these struggles. And um, it, it is really, I think people find it fascinating. I, I don't think anybody's ever seen a short form documentary like this, right? Mm -hmm. Like normally a documentary is like a half an hour to an hour long, you know, every week kind of thing. And this is really just super short. 
Um, and it's, it, it's, it, it was more because it was just all we could do. You know what I mean? And, and then we began to realize, wow, actually people really like the, the format of it. The fact that it's so short. So, um, I, and, and I've had so many people tell me you've inspired me. I'm going to start one of these episodic documentaries now. So, I mean, it, literally like a half a dozen people have reached out right. to me saying, I love it. I'm going to start one of these. And these are, these are known entities in our space. So I'm super excited to just kind of see where this goes. And I think in hindsight, this may be one of the most important marketing things we've ever done in the history of the company Yeah, by, so the, time, it, by the time it's done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's that evolution of the, the, the typical kind of vlogging that you see right. where it is just a road diary to actually right. just put a little bit of, of structure and a bit of narrative around it is, is very interesting to see. Do you think, think people need to be thinking more in terms of just opening their world up and being transparent with their business on social or is it something that suits? No, I think, you know, I think in our case, it's not just because it's not just because I'm being transparent. Mm. It's also because I'm actually solving these problems in front of the world so they can watch how I'm solving these problems. So I think if I was just complaining about all my problems, but I wasn't, but I didn't show how I'm actually trying to solve the problems. I think that's what makes it good because, you know, if you think of any good storyline, you've got a reluctant hero. In this case, it's me trying to accomplish an impossible mission, right? And in our case, it's 5,000 people by 2018 and 10,000 by 2019. And the inevitable roadblocks and the creative ways that the the quote-unquote central character tries to tries to solve them, you know, that's – that's any good movie. That's Harry yeah. Potter. That's Lord of the Rings. You name it. You know, it's Star Wars. It's 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 that theme, you know, and it's bringing that in a kind of structured, short form way with really good music and dramatic cuts and pauses uh, together that makes it fascinating. So I don't think it's just the transparency. Mm. I actually think it's the fact that I'm out there with this impossible mission that anybody can relate to and they're all rooting for me, you know, and I think that's part of what makes them want to keep watching it. Yeah, for sure. It's it storytelling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to following it along, and that genuinely, that's not blowing smoke up any. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of hooked in. A lot of people. That's why I think I'm really you know. And in the end, let's be honest. Like this is content marketing. Okay, so yeah. this the product that we're talking about is our company. It is our product, which is social media marketing world. And as people watch this, the hope is that some of them a will want to help us. Like, cause we're creating this for our community first and foremost, not, mm. we're not creating this to necessarily grow a new community. We already have a community. We're doing this to help to get them to actually love us and want to help us and maybe even turn into a customer. And, um, you know, if we grow a new audience as a result of it, that, that, that is totally a side effect because this is really meant to help them appreciate all that we're doing so that they actually want to support us. And that is marketing at its core. Yeah, for sure. All right, I wanted to talk about your own membership again, just changing gears a little bit here, Social yep. Media Marketing Society. Now, this may just be me. This may be that whole thing of, you know, if you buy a red car, all of a sudden you notice everybody on the road has a red car. But it certainly <laughs> seemed to me in Social Media Marketing World this year that there was a little bit more of a focus coming from you guys on your membership as uh, in, in terms of how it was positioned Yes. As part of social media examiner's ecosystem. Is that fair to say? And, and where's the yes, thinking? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we shut down one of our um, products, which was, which was our social media marketing 
uh, our social media success summit, which we had been doing for eight years. And the social media marketing society was always meant to be the iPhone that killed the iPod in our case. So we knew that we needed to do a major push at our conference to get people to understand that this membership community is a way that you can take what you're experiencing here at our physical event and keep it going 12 months out of the year. So, um, and you're going to see more of that, you know, as the years grow, because it is really our only other major product. We have our conference and we have our society. So yeah, it's become a very important part of our future and our current and our presence, even our current situation. Now that's great. And, you know, as you say, the, the fact that you're able to use, social media marketing world, which is the big headline event as a jump off into social media marketing society um, is, is awesome. And, and, you know, I think finding those ways of, of tapping into the things you're doing and the fact that you have access to this unprecedented network of experts who can come in and do a workshop right. and you've got attendees who you can arrange little private meetups for when they're already in the society, I think that that cross pollination is the sort of thing we love to see as, as big membership geeks. Exactly. I mean, like we work really hard to try to create a uniquely special experience for everyone that comes to our conference, but those that belong to the society, we go above and beyond. Like, you know, they get on the aircraft carrier before anybody else does, or, you know, we have just all sorts of stuff. They get special pins and just, just all sorts of cool things that we try to do um, that make them, want to feel like they're spe- they're special and a little bit um elite if you will or like um a little bit more than than what everyone else is and and everyone else is really well treated so it's always been a challenge but but that's the feedback to anybody who has a membership site and also sells other products and or experiences if there's a way that you can a um allow those people that buy into those other experiences to have extra special extras um, then, you know, that'll help with retention, you know, of those yeah. members. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see social media marketing society become an even bigger part of, uh, the social media examiner ecosystem. Very cool to see. Um, <laughs> one last question I had for you, uh, is kind of going, I suppose, looping back to what we talked about earlier on in terms of how many shows you have going on. You of course have the main social media examiner blog you've got podcast video shows we've got journey.show rolling out now a lot of work goes into that obviously with with an industry like social media there's something happening almost on a daily basis it's a fast-changing industry and certainly a lot of our audience are in similarly paced kind of industries i'm i'm eternally grateful for the fact that there's not too much develops in the world of membership sites, so I don't have to deal with this. But what tips for anyone in our audience who perhaps has that constant stream of new developments? What tips do you have for keeping on top of it and creating content around such a fast-moving topic? Well, I'll tell you how we do what we do. And we, we're, not, we're not a one-man show, so this may not be applicable to you, but you can learn something from this. Um, what we do is we have a private Facebook group where everybody on our team shares any news that they find into that Facebook group. 
And, um, you know, we have a number of our staff that's just kind of sees stuff and, and puts it in there. We have certain members of our staff that are actively looking for that stuff. And then every single Thursday we meet and we look at all the news that came in in the last seven days and we put a live show together. We start the process of putting a live show together and there's about four of us that meets every Thursday morning. And, um, and we kind of look at all the news. We decide what what is relevant and what is not relevant for us to cover in that live show. Now, before we did a live show, we had a, just a simple Saturday blog post wrap up, which somebody else could do. Right. Um, which is just like, here's all the news we're curating, if you will, all the news that's happened in our industry. Mm-hmm. Now, in our case, we do a live show where I'm the host of the show and I have co-hosts and I bring on guests and we just break it down and we talk about what it means and whether it's worth looking at. And that live show is free. That blog post is free. That podcast that's created from that live show is free. It's all called the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. So it's really just a huge marketing initiative because during that show, we will promote whatever product we're selling at the time, which is either our conference or our society. So um, so back to the core of your question, the key thing is to you know, keep your eyes open for the news. And if you're just by yourself, you could use some sort of a, a news site like Feedly, mm-hmm. and you could put all the websites that are in your industry into a Feedly, um, you know, whatever they call the thing in Feedly. And you could just, you know, every other day, look at the RSS feeds and start capturing the news items that are relevant to you. And then you could maybe curate a little blog post and put it together for either your membership organization or for your public blog. And maybe that's the starting point. And then if people start to say, I love this, I'm not as reliant on going to 20 million other sites, then maybe you could start experimenting with maybe a weekly show where you comment on some of the news. And if that begins to work, then you could maybe, you know, keep ratcheting it up until you produce a full scale show like we do. I love that. And of course, you know, for, for people who are paying attention to your process and how you start and you take a live show and that can spin off into a podcast, it's not just creating this content, it's getting mileage from it as right. well. Right. That's great. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really enjoyed our chat. I could quite happily go on for longer to prod you for insights into the upcoming episode of The Journey, but I shall let you go. I know you're a very busy guy. Before we wrap up, can you let our listeners know if they're not already following you, where they can connect with you, find out more about Social Media Examiner and, of course, Social Media Marketing World? If you go to socialmediaexaminer.com, where you just Google Social Media Examiner, uh, first of all, you can find all three of our shows. We have a little button that says shows, and you can find our podcast and our live news show and the journey. So you can kind of st- like watch what we're doing and just say, hmm, can I do any of this? Or maybe just watch our live show because maybe you want to keep up with social because it is ever changing. Uh, we have another button there that says conference and you'll also see ads all over our website and you can check out social media marketing world. We, we have a whole bunch of different ticketing options, um, that some that are rather pricey and some that are rather economical. So kind of study it and see if it makes sense for you to get a virtual ticket remotely, you know, and experience it remotely or whether it makes sense for you to come to the conference. Because like I said, we do have a huge array now of ticketing options. So with that, I just want to say thank you so much, Mike, for allowing me to come on the show and share a little bit of my story and my journey. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, to talk to you today. Pleasure is all mine. And of course, we will have all those links in the show notes for our listeners as well. Mike, it's been great having you on the show. I can't wait to follow along with the journey and, of course, to see you again in San Diego at Social Media Marketing World. Talk to you soon. 
Thanks once again to Mike Stelsner for coming on the show. I thoroughly enjoyed our time together and I hope that you got a lot out of our conversation. If you want to find out more about what's going on from Social Media Examiner, head over to socialmediaexaminer.com. They put out wildly useful blog posts. Their podcasts and their live shows are a must-subscribe And of course, if you really want to be on the cutting edge of what's going on in the social media marketing industry, Social Media Marketing World is the event to go to. It's taking place in February next year in San Diego, and I'm very honored to be there taking place as part of a session at Social Media Marketing World too. So hopefully, I'll see some of you guys there as well. And while you're at it, be sure to check out journey.show. That's the documentary that Mike was talking about during our conversation. Now, you know, sometimes in these interviews, the interviewer makes a lot of noise about how much they love what the interviewee is doing and all of that sort of stuff. I just want to assure you that when I was talking about The Journey, their whole new video documentary, and saying how much I enjoyed it, that was legit. That is genuine. I am really enjoying it. It's a very interesting, very transparent look behind the scenes of something as huge a social media marketing world. So it's definitely worth a look. Head over to journey.show to check out the first few episodes. That's it from me for this week. Hopefully you've enjoyed today's show. Thanks again to Mike Stelzner for being a part of it. And I'll be back again next week with another installment of the Membership Guys podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Membership Guys podcast, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Member Site Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.